This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, Holland Assets After Dark. And this is episode number 49. I'm Craig, and over there, he's Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Craig, how you doing? Not bad, although, you know, we are recording this much, much later at night than we normally do. So, uh, you know, I just want to let people know this this could get a little bit wild. We don't know what's going to happen this late. Uh, yeah, you, this is, I'm going to be the one that's going to have issues here because I'm not the night owl that you are. So <laughs> hopefully I don't fumble all over myself. Yeah, you're in, you're in my element now, Chris. I am, yeah, I'm way outside of my league. How come I'm not out there driving? I could drive all night. All right. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking about, uh, Chris, your philosophy behind hiring a driver because this is something that you recently did. Uh, and as I understand it, this is going to be the first part in a whole series about hiring, right? Yeah, we're going to do um, three uh, episodes that are focused on the hiring process and things that uh, go along with hiring. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about my philosophy with hiring, with employees, um, that kind of thing. Then the next episode, we're going to hit one of the hottest topics in the trucking industry. Do you classify your drivers as an employee or an independent contractor? And we're going to have an attorney on that, that, that specializes in this kind of thing that we're going to interview and, and that should be a really good episode and then the third one we're going to talk more about the mechanics the process the actual hiring process kind of how i go about doing it and uh, hopefully share some resources with everybody um, throughout these three episodes to um, help really tackle one of the biggest and most important and toughest issues in in a trucking company yeah yeah and you've had mike now for a little while now um, are you, uh, well, <laughs> hi, Mike, Chris, how are you feeling about your hire? How's it going with, uh, with Mike? Well, we'll talk a little bit about that today. Everything with Mike has been great. Um, and, and you know what, this whole hiring process is really one of the most important things that you're going to do for your trucking company. Now, you, you know, we, we talk about owner operators and single owner operators, and those guys aren't going to be interested necessarily in hiring a driver but that doesn't mean some of the tidbits that we talk about in these next few episodes aren't going to be applicable and important to them but there's nothing wrong i, I want to kind of get this out there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an owner operator and not wanting to deal with employees you, know, you just want to be you know you, the your dark night your lone night just doing your <laughs> own thing not worrying about anything else just making money for yourself and that's perfectly fine to each his own in this kind of situation. But for those who want to um, eventually hire a driver and grow their business and make it bigger, you know, this is this is the critical step of your trucking company. It's the one thing that you definitely do not want to screw up. And it's going to either be a really, really good thing for you, or it can also cause you lots and lots of headaches. Yeah. Now, as I understand it, Chris, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I've always been under the impression that for a new business, uh, for or you know somebody who's trying to grow the business from a single person to you know an organization, that first hire or maybe the first couple of hires are vital, right? It's even more so than the ones down the road. You got to get the first one right. 
you absolutely that first one's the most important hire you know the first few they kind of create a foundation you find the right people in those first hires and and they will kind of accelerate your company and uh and and make it do really good things and and i've had some actually really good luck with that in the past with some of my other businesses finding that those first few hires like motor carrier hq my first hire didn't work out so good but the second and third one you know um nine years ago they are still with me still working with me and have been a huge part of growing motor carrier hq into what it is today very nice very nice okay so uh, Chris, how do you want to kick off this subject then? I mean, we kind of already have, but uh, let's let's get into this philosophy that you have around what it means to hire somebody or how to go about it. One of the first things that I want to talk a little bit about is I was reading, um, I, I like to read a lot, and th- I, I was rereading a book that I'd read probably 10, 15 years ago called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, an incredibly popular book. A lot of people have probably already heard about it. Um, it's written by Robert Kiyosaki, uh, and in one part of it, he talks about his rich dad to likening his business to planting a tree. You, know, you work really hard early on, you water it, you nurture it, um, you take care of it, and early on, you have to do a lot of things to take care of that tree, but as time goes on and that tree establishes itself, um, it will grow by itself, and, and all of a sudden, you don't really have to do much of if not anything at all with that tree and it and it grows and it produces its own fruit and you just get to reap the rewards of that well a business can do the same thing if you're deliberate about how you grow it and how you structure it that business like a tree can eventually get to the point where it's running on its own two feet producing its own fruits and you really don't have to do a whole lot with it but that's a it's really hard to do the thing i want people to think about is you know, maybe you're an owner operator thinking about expanding or you're a small trucking company thinking about expanding or maybe you're just thinking about starting a trucking company. I recommend you kind of look at your future goals and perhaps broaden your vision a little bit about what you want to build your company into. And if you're deliberate about that growth and you're smart about that growth, you know, you can de- build that, that business into that tree that uh, will you know, grow itself. Yeah. And and like you said, up top, this isn't necessarily the decision that everybody's going to make for themselves. Maybe somebody wants to, uh, you know, take it a little easier and just enjoy the freedom out on the road. But for those who do want to grow things, this is going to be key, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I can understand why you might want to get off the road if it's not something that you're incredibly passionate about. But how is it that this helps you grow your business? Why, you know, why hiring an employee? Because you got to pay that person, right? You you do. But hiring an employee and having somebody drive for you, it's I like to liken a little bit onto like a leverage. Well, like leverage. So if you take the example of a lever, um, I think in the trucking industry, everybody's familiar with a, a, a tire and a wheel and lug nuts, right? Sure. Well, have you ever tried to loosen lug nuts with just your hand and not using <laughs> any kind of tool? Honestly, no. I, I never have because I know well, I couldn't do good. it. Yeah, that's good because you would not get very far. So you use a wrench to loosen those lug nuts and, and get them started and get them all the way off. Well, that len- wrench is a type of lever. Um, it, it 
applies a you know your small amount of strength and makes your strength bigger and you're able to do more you're able to push harder and, and loosen those lug nuts and the bigger the wrench the bigger the lever the more you're able to do and the easier it is to do the work and it's kind of the same thing with hiring a driver that driver is leveraged that person is able to do something that you can't you as a one person can only drive one truck which will only produce so much revenue but if you hire somebody now you've got somebody else that can drive a truck you can drive a truck and you are all of a sudden in your business producing essentially twice as much um, production because of that and and hiring a driver is just a form of leverage you're able to do more than you could if you're just trying to do it by yourself and so do you feel like it uh, it scales in a linear way and what i mean is when you hire a, a second person for the business you do twice as much and then with a third person you do three times as much or you know do, does it take does that first person create more drag or you know do you get what i'm saying how how does that scale when you're talking about hiring people on i i think it's kind of a, a linear growth for the most part it's not like one of those things that's really becomes exponential growth it's you know, to a certain extent, you're kind of multiplying, you know, two drivers can do twice as much as one driver, four drivers can do four times as much as one. It, it, it's fairly linear, but you do gain some economies of scale as you get bigger and and you get some benefits with that. Um, but you also are going to incur some additional overheads that you wouldn't have other, otherwise. So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of give and take there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've owned a few businesses now. You already mentioned that you've hired uh, several employees in the past. Um, tell me a little bit about how that's worked for your other businesses and if you expect it to be the same thing for Holland Assets. Yeah, I think with Holland Assets, eventually it's going to do the same kind of thing. But you take, for example, Motor Carrier HQ. Um, when When I first bought that 10 years ago, for the first year, it was just me and one other employee. And that, like I said, kind of that first employee, well, the first one only lasted for six months. And that person quit kind of abruptly. And things just kind of worked out. This is one of the weirdest things that has ever happened to me in my life. My mother-in-law hadn't worked for quite a few years, but she wanted a job. She wanted to do something. And, and she came and worked for me. And she was phenomenal. And I, I kind of joke around that, thank goodness, yeah. But I kind of joke around a little bit that I've, I've kind of lived every guy's dream because I got to boss my mother-in-law around. <laughs> I mean, who gets to say they get to do that? <laughs> but <laughs> she was good. But then after, right at the, the year mark, she, you know, she kept working for several years. Um, but at that one year mark, um, we ended up hiring two other employees I was only planning on hiring one at the time. I planned on hiring a salesperson like maybe six months down the road. But in the interview process, I happened to interview two people that I'm just like, I can't choose. They've got two different skill sets. One of them is a salesperson, which we really aren't looking for right now. But I can tell he's going to be really good. And lo and behold, um, we ended up just kind of rolling the dice, taking a little bit of risk and hired them both. And you've heard them both in this podcast, Ariel that talked about registrations and Tyler that talked about um, getting your authority and MC number and all that kind of stuff. 
sure. both of those two started. I mean, they've been with us for nine years and have been a huge critical piece to growing Motor Carrier HQ, which now we're up to almost 20 employees. And, you know, it's it's become that tree that I talked about that that Robert Kiyosaki in his book talks about. Motor Carrier HQ can essentially run on its own two feet. Um, I just provide some vision, direction, and some supervision over some of the key employees, and it just runs. Yeah. Well, that's something that you are able to provide. You're talking about vision and uh, motivation or whatever it is that you do. I don't know what you do, Chris. You're some fancy boss. But managing people is is very different from being out on the road, right? Like, say you're trying to go from owner-operator to... uh, uh, you know, a manager of somebody else who's out on the road, that's uh, that's a different beast, right? It's a totally different beast. And that's one of those questions I think everybody really kind of needs their ask, to ask themselves is, do I have what it takes to be a manager? You know, some of these skill sets can be learned. In fact, I think a lot of them can be learned, but it's something that you've got to be deliberate about, conscious of, and, and work at and practice because it's it's not easy. And a lot of people don't do a very good job at it. And so it's one of those things you have to realize and and say to yourself, is this right for me? Is hiring people and managing people going to be a good fit for me? Can I do I either have the skill set or am I willing to put the time and effort in to developing the skill set? And one of the reasons I think managing people is so hard is because it takes two very different skill sets to do really well. You think about it a lot of the times. People tend to be compassionate and understanding, patient, kind, and all that kind of stuff. Or, on the other hand, they are willing to face conflict, resolve problems, kind of hold people accountable. You know, especially like that holding people accountable and being kind. Oftentimes, people see those as two conflicting things. And I think if you treat them right and do them right, they don't have to be conflicting. But, you know, people that are willing to you know, kind of hold people accountable and face conflict oftentimes aren't the people who are kind and tactful and patient and understanding. So really great managers can can span that that gap of both of those skill sets in both of those areas. And so that's what you kind of have to, if you're really good at one of them, you have to um, work on the other and and you know like we've talked about in some of the previous podcast episodes you got to get outside of your comfort zone and and work on that skill set that you might not be so strong in yeah and i might go out on a limb and say that if you're going to hire somebody that's actually something to look out for is do they understand those two sides you know do they understand that you're not just being a hard ass you're trying to help them be better at their job and um, you know that that your uh, that your constructive criticism isn't uh, you know mean or something. It's not personal, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've got to be able to do that in a tactful way. I mean, you you've yeah. got to show them that you're there to mentor them, lead them, develop them, help them be better, so that um, they can make you more money. You can make them more money. When you structure, you know, typically with long haul trucking, you know you align your goals and that's why it's so often that you know typically you want to put more miles on your truck because that's how you for the most part as a business get paid and that's why in most situations that's how they pay drivers because that aligns those two goals everybody's working for the same thing 
I want to get you miles. You want to run miles. If we work at that together, we both make more money. Yeah. So if somebody has come from a, uh, a corporate world where they were an employee of a trucking company, they struck out on their own and now they're trying to expand. Um, is there going to be any difference from what they saw at, uh, you know, Acme trucking company versus what they're going to do now as a, a small business owner, who they're going to hire, how they're going to go about hiring? Or is it going to look pretty similar? It 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 doesn't. Well, I would say a lot of the times it's going to look a little bit different because um, when you're starting a small trucking company, you've got to be very, very deliberate in who you hire. Um, a lot of the times the big guys, you know, they'll sit somebody down in front of them, say, hey, breathe under this mirror. And if they can fog up the mirror, they're going to hire them. <laughs> you can't hire that kind of person as a small trucking company. It's just not going to work. You've got to have a good, solid person. So you, you might have to be patient. Yeah. How long do you how long did it take you to find Mike? I, I don't even know. Several months, it seems like it, it took several months. Yeah, it, it did. And, and along the way, I there were a couple people that I talked to that I would have hired in a heartbeat, but they just didn't have the experience. Like you can tell they are going to be good at their job. They know what they're doing. They have the right attitude. But in trucking, the hard thing is if they haven't driven for two years, it's really hard to get affordable insurance for less experienced drivers. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, Chris, it reminds me of uh, you have lots of favorite things you say. Save money would be one of them. But one of the others is you talk about an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It's kind of you're reminding me of that. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure because you're being very careful about not having to fix something in the future. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure you get that first hire right. And that's you know kind of that analogy of the, the bigger trucking companies. They, they're growing so fast and so quickly, they can't really afford to take their time hiring somebody. That's why they'll just, you know, if you can fog up a mirror, they're going to hire you. And, you know, bigger trucking companies can get away with that to a certain degree. It causes headaches, but they've got people that can handle it. They've got bigger, deeper pockets with a, a smaller trucking company, that's just not something that you want to deal with. You want to have the right person sitting in that truck doing that job for you. And so you, you've got to be willing to take your time and be patient because you want to get it right. And really the, the uh, relationship you're talking about here, especially with that first employee, this is more than just somebody who's punching a clock, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's more than some somebody's they've got to have that attitude that they're not just necessarily there to punch a clock take a paycheck and get home and with that being said most that's not what really most employees want they obviously they want to get paid but they want to have more job satisfaction to that and you know as a small trucking company as an owner who's hands-on and is has been where the employee has been you can provide a lot of things outside of the paycheck that really provides good job satisfaction to a driver and, and, and will make them happy. And so when I partner with somebody and a driver, you know, an employee really is a partner. So any, any type of situation like that, I always want it to be a win-win situation. So it's got to be good for the employee driver. It's got to be good for you. You've got to be a good match. And, and when you make that that happen, that's when you know magic really happens in 
your business because the right person is going to do really good for you. And if you do well for them, they're going to stick around and it just becomes a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be your best friend forever. Um, it, it is still an employee employer relationship, but that can be really fulfilling in its own way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talked a little bit about in the past, if, if, if this owner operator or somebody that's listened to this podcast has worked for a bigger trucking company and, you know, they, they've been an employee. Now they're transitioning into being a, a manager and, and the owner of the business. Well, this is a chance for them to kind of re hit the reset button and take lessons they learned working for somebody else, take the things that they did that they liked and apply that to their own business and and cut out the crap that you know the mistreatment they got and and leave that away you kind of break that cycle break that chain and you know treat your employees exactly the way that you would have wanted to be treated your drivers are notorious they notoriously mistrust the companies they work for and the companies notoriously don't trust their employees and and you just you've got to break that cycle that that level of trust is super important and it makes for a very healthy, good, strong relationship that is that win-win that we're looking for for both sides. Yeah, no no kidding. It, mutual trust is a foundation for any good relationship, right? And that includes this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the best books that I've ever read, uh, read on business type things is called the speed of trust it's written by stephen m r covey um it's he's the son of stephen covey of the seven habits of highly successful people but it, it, it's just a really really good book and it talks a lot about this trust factor and how important that is in you know business relationships really in all relationships but he kind of focuses specifically on the business side of things okay so what uh, what sort of uh, advice does he give about trust well there's one piece that i really want to take out that, that is covered in this whole section of the book and he talks about how um, trust is built on a foundation of credibility and that credibility is made up of four different cores 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 of uh, credibility what core abilities i don't know <laughs> yes something like that so basically they're they're broken into down into two categories so the first one is character and that includes integrity and the second one is intent and then the other category is competence and that involves capability and results so let's talk a little bit about those and kind of how they're applicable um, because trust you know we, when we think of trust we think we typically think i think of that integrity slash honesty piece and that's what really people think about when they think of trust but uh mr covey in his book just totally expands that into having a much bigger meaning and a higher level of importance so hopefully i can kind of break it down a little bit like he does and, and give it just a little bit of justice but you really I, I highly recommend reading the book it's a good book yeah what, what was it called again the speed of trust. Okay. All right. So it's interesting to me that in the character portion of that, you or he, I guess, split up integrity and intent. Um, I'm curious about the difference between the two because obviously integrity, don't don't uh, lie, don't steal or whatever. Uh, but is there anything more to it that sets it apart from somebody's intentions? 
So, so the integrity piece is, like I said, it's, it's kind of the thing we think about when we think of trust, but it, it really is the integrity is that, you know, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal. Um, you're just an, an all around honest person. But the intent is different because intent involves kind of your motives. You know, do you generally care about others or do you just care about yourself? So let me, can I, can I use an example in, in my recent uh, workings with Mike? Please do. Uh, Mike, I don't know what's about to happen, but I apologize in <laughs> advance. So when I first hired Mike, Mike we set a start date. Um, for when he would start. Well, that start date came and the truck was in the shop having some work done on the APU and it was supposed to be done the day before he started. Well, it took longer and um, so the truck wasn't ready to go the day that Mike was ready to step into the truck and, and get going. And he, you know, he's like anybody else, wants to get paid, wants to make some money and none of us make money when the truck's just sitting. And so because it was, I, I'd committed to him starting on a certain day and the truck wasn't ready for him. I said, okay, hey, Mike, you know what? I'll pay you. It's not your fault that it's not up and going. Um, and, and Mike's all like, no, you don't need to pay me. I'm just going to be sitting at home. I mean, th this is trucking. Things happen. Um, you don't have to pay me for the day that the truck's just sitting there. I know it's not what we originally talked about, but that's fine. And you know, that meant a lot to me. It showed me that Mike had that good intent. He had good motives and he wasn't caring just about himself. And so what that ended up doing is that day, Mike gained a ton of credibility with me because I know I knew he was a team player. He wasn't out looking just for number one, but he was willing to do what made sense. And um, he, he, even though I had volunteered to pay him, for a day that he was going to be sitting, he said, no, that's not fair to you. It's not your fault. This is trucking that happens. And it just showed me that he had good motives. Very nice. Uh, go Mike. All right. So you talked about a couple other things in uh, the competence category. So we've talked about character, including integrity and intent. Let's talk about competence and what's included in that. Okay. So the first piece of competence is capability. And the capability is really kind of our talents, our skills, attitude, our knowledge, that kind of thing. So let's say you have a um, blockage going on in your artery of your heart and you need to have a stint. Well, your family doctor, he may have really good integrity. Uh, he may have really good intent. He wants to make you better. He wants to save you, but he doesn't have the skills of a surgeon that are necessary to perform that type of procedure. So that's kind of what the capability is. He, he's of, of the first two um, aspects, he's got integrity, he's got good intent, but he just doesn't have the capability, doesn't have the skill set to perform the procedure that you need to unblock the blockage in your artery. Right, and you know, you mentioned uh, that you, when you were hiring somebody you were looking for somebody with a little bit of experience. I imagine this was part of that. It's not just getting a lower insurance rate, but Mike, having had some experience out on the road, knew how to keep a clean log and, uh, you know, uh, maintain the, the the fuel rates that you're going for as closely as possible, whatever it is that you, you're going for. Um, that capability is there because of the experience, right? Yep. He, he knows how to manage his time with his hours of service. He knows how to adjust a load he, he knows how to run a reefer he because of that 
experience. He's got that capability. He can do that. So Mike, you know, early on has demonstrated honesty. He's demonstrated intent and he's, he's got capability because of his job experience to do the type of job that I need to hire him for. So, so far he's got three of those four things that really make up that full level of trust. Oh, very nice. So the last one that you mentioned is results. And as I'm hearing you kind of wrap up the other three, they're all kind of feeding into this, right? It's all of those uh, creating a situation where somebody actually just gets stuff done. Yeah. And that's really what results boils down to is just getting stuff done. So if you look at the trucking industry and an over the road truck driver, are they delivering their loads on time? Are they able to maintain a good mpg on their truck are they maintaining the truck well um those are are the good results you know especially that delivering on time to me that's like the the no-brainer most of the time you you know you can deliver things on time if you're if you're doing what you're supposed to do and um that's that's really the heart of the results getting the your delivery points when you're supposed to be there yeah, very good. So, Chris, let me ask you this then. You, uh, when you were looking for somebody to hire, you were looking for these things from them. Uh, but this uh, this idea of credibility that you're talking about from Stephen M. R. Covey, uh, don't forget the M, um, it's a two-way street, right? In order to have credibility, you got to earn it yourself, right? Or in order to get it, you got to earn it yourself. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely a two-way street. So, not only do your employees need to show you that you've got they've got a good high level of trust but you've got to show your employees that that they can trust you as well and it's really good to establish that early on in the cycle so you know do something that kind of shows your employees that you're willing to go above and beyond if you refer back to that interaction between mike and i I think I established some credibility with him when I told him, hey, I'm willing to pay you for a day that you're just going to sit because that's what I committed to. And he, he so I, I think I established some credibility with him there. There's been some other things that I've been able to do with Mike along the way where I try to um, establish that, you know, credibility. I try to establish that level of trust with him early on so that he knows that I'm going to do some things that may not necessarily be in the short term in my best interest, but are in his. It's like a it's like a marriage. You know, I'm willing. We're both willing to give and take just a little bit, find a good compromise that is something that we can both be happy with. Very nice. All right. So uh, let's start wrapping this up then, because we've we've gone over what it takes to build and maintain credibility what else do we want to go over uh, with this topic of kind of the philosophy of hiring somebody before we get into the nitty-gritty in future episodes so i, I kind of want to make two points to kind of wrap this up first and foremost you know as as you've seen as i've experienced and i think as most of our listeners understand trucking is stressful it's hard you know it's it, they're long days um, you you arrive at a shipper receiver and you're there for longer than you're supposed to. They're just you, know, you get blown tires. You, you know, there's just a million things that can cause stress to a driver's life. And so I think as an employer and a man, as a manager, the last thing you ever really want to do is to unduly add to your driver's stress. If you do that, they're not going to stick around for very long. So I think it's important to do everything you can 
to facilitate your driver in doing their job and making their job as easy as it possibly can be. Um, so that's the first point. The second point is I kind of want to wrap this whole trust thing in. So you've got those four, um, those those four core uh, cores of credibility, right? Um, if you can't trust somebody unless they have all four of those, you know, kind of like we were talking with the surgeon, you know, that that's or your family doctor may have produced great results in in his particular field. He's demonstrated that he's got good integrity. He's demonstrated that he's got good intent. But if he doesn't have the capability to do the job or that skill set, you're not going to trust him to do the job. And it, it, the same thing happens in, in trucking. You know, if, if your driver is, uh, you know, has the skill set to do the job, they've, they're honest, they've got good intent, but they don't produce results because they keep sleeping in then they aren't demonstrating a level of trust and a core competency. And so all four of those facets are incredibly important. If you don't have one of them, you, you really can't be trusted to do your job. And, and I always take the philosophy with my employees, um, whether they're drivers or other types of employees in the military, wherever it is, that by the time I've gotten to the point where I've hired somebody, I've taken them kind of through this big, long process where I have a really high degree of confidence that I can trust this person. And I'm going to trust them until they give me a reason not to. And, and I make sure that, that when I hire somebody, they understand that up front. I kind of put the ball in their court as far as the trust level goes because I, I, I tell them, you know, I, I trust you to get on time. I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm not going to I'm not going to um, wake you up in the morning. I'm not going to tell you to get going. I trust you to do those kind of things. I'm not going to be the monkey on your back until until you, you need to be. prove up until I need to be until you prove to me that I, I can't trust you to do it on your own. I, I hate micromanaging people. I hate being micromanaged. Um, so I hire the type of people that don't need that. And I make sure people understand that up front, that I'm not going to be that kind of person unless they force me to. And if they force me to, they're probably not going to be around with me for very long. Well, that's uh, Mike. Are you listening? I, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Mike's been absolutely great. He's showing up on time every time. He's He's been fantastic. I was, I I was just going to say, you know. If if his ears aren't burning, I mean, while we're recording this, then it's uh, then that's not a real thing because this has been thirty minutes of a mic fest. So. It has been. Mike's Mike's been great. He's been a good experience uh, so far, and I don't think that's ever going to change. But I, I don't know that he even actually listens to the podcast. Mike's more of he's a serious radio guy, so I'm uh, I, I'm I'm not sure if he he may not even listen to this episode. <sighs> That would, that would be tragic. Yeah, horrible. All right. That would well, be tragic. <laughs> Chris, um, any final thoughts before I uh, go through the paces of wrapping this up? Uh, I would just wrap it up with saying just be patient. The key to a successful hire is to be patient. Don't pick the first person. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like dating. Date a lot of people. <laughs> after a while, you figure out what you're looking for and what's the right one and just be patient and hire the right one. 
it'll save you in in the in the long run. So you kind of need to set yourself up for that. You know, if you're if you're an owner operator and you're trying to transition out of the truck, don't put a timeline on it and say, "Hey, I've got to be done in a month or I've got to be done in 2 weeks." If you put a timeline on it like that, you're going to probably um, jump into a relationship and you're going to have buyer's remorse. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to make a joke and I better not. I'm going to leave it there, Chris. I'm going to, I'm just not going to touch that one we, of the 10 foot pole. We're, keep, we're keeping it kid friendly. Is that what it is? No, 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 no. I'll tell you later. I'll tell you off the air. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to go to hollandassetsllc.com to check out the full show notes and uh, to leave comments. You can also leave comments on Facebook. We hope hope you'll find us there, follow us there, and uh, comment on these episodes. Give us your questions uh, for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends, your, your colleagues, people that you know out on the road, about Holland Assets and leave a review. If you enjoy what we do, uh, then we would greatly appreciate a five-star review wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. All right, Chris, I will see you for part two. We're going to be talking about uh, classification. We're going to be bringing on the lawyer, like you said, to talk about whether somebody should hire an employee or an independent contractor. So I suppose I will talk to you then. Okay, sounds good. Have a good week. Okay. All right. Ready? One, two, three, clap. Oh, I was I was way off. Try okay. Again. Try again. All right. One, two, three, clap. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of lounging here. I'm I'm laying on my elbow, um, and the clapping and laying on my elbow just it's not working very well. It's like uh, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Yep. <laughs>